Praise the Lord. How's everybody today? You ready for some brisket? We're going to have the real meat right here first. <laughs> praise the Lord. We're going to have the bread, I should say. Okay, praise God. Let me get this up. Okay. I tell you what, if you don't mind, let's stand. If you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a scripture. We're going to pray, and then we'll get into the, the word that the Lord has for us today. In Romans 10.10, 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We thank you that your plan for man is perfect. Lord, your ways are perfect. And we just thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. We ask that you would just minister to our hearts, Lord. We lay ourselves down. We thank you, Lord, that, that you're gracious, loving, and kind. And we just receive your spirit, your guidance, and your goodness this morning. And we give you the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. I really believe that today's message can be a message that's going to bless us in many different ways. In some ways, it could accelerate our walk with God. It could accelerate our faith. You know, sometimes we, we encounter things in our, in our walk with God or in our prayer time. And we just seem like, yeah, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And then we seem to get sidetracked or, or we feel like we have unbelief. And so we gotta, we, we're going to look at that this morning, and we're going to see what the Word of God says concerning faith and unbelief. And I believe it's going to be a, just a blessing for us as we get into the details of it. We read Romans 10.10, 10, and we see how simple God made it. God didn't want you to perform. He didn't want you to struggle. He wanted you to believe and receive. There is nothing more or less Effort than to believe and to receive. Amen? Praise God. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So we see that the thief comes. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I am come. And I will give you life and life abundantly. So we see we have two things present. The enemy is present, but God is with us always. Amen? So those two things are there. Now, Hebrews 11, 1, 1 and 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 3 says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen are not made by things which do appear. And I just want to encourage you today to anything that's said, don't, don't listen to it with a repeating ear. Take every single word, grab it, and say there is purpose in that word. Every word that I receive today will liberate me, will bless me will help me. It's God's word for me. Therefore, it is good, and it will bless me. Amen? So let's hold on to every word. Praise God. You know, to, uh, to properly understand the battle that we're in, and we're in a battle. Even though Jesus has defeated the enemy, we are still here upon this earth. So 
until these bodies are not here and until there's a new heaven and a new earth, we will have warfare. Amen? But we need to make sure that as we enter that warfare that we know the elements of the warfare. We know the rules. We know the, 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 the spiritual laws that are applying to that, to that warfare. So that's, that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about the big picture because we already have victory. We're just learning to walk in it and learning to maintain the victory. I'm not trying to get to heaven. I'm already in heaven. I'm already a part of heaven. I'm not trying to get victory. I already have victory. That, that brings joy to me. That brings joy that I already have the strength. I already have the glory that God wants me to have for eternity. When I believed in Jesus Christ, he filled me with all that I need for all of eternity. There will never, ever need to be another deposit of faith in me. Because when God did his work, he did it perfect. He did it complete. Amen? See, he gives us, he gives us faith. It's his gift to us. It's like a seed from him. It is his seed. He says, here, now you go. And he gives us his faith. And in that faith, I can do all things through Christ. All things through Christ. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to look at a few things here. First thing we need to do is we need to understand in creation how God created everything and where we are in that picture. This is very, very important because we can read about being in heaven and the glory of God and the goodness of God, and that is all for us. But sometimes we see ourselves there and we think, yeah, but I'm here and I'm struggling it out here. But we got to know, tell me more about this, this, this battle that I'm in. Tell me more about the details. I want to know every little detail because I'm going to use it in Jesus' name for my, to continue the victory that Christ has. He's put the kingdom in me. And he says, now go. It's your turn. Go and expand the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we see in Genesis that God's, God created Adam and Eve. He, he, and when he, he created them, he created Adam's body and he breathed into him the breath of life. When he breathed his life into Adam, Adam became a living soul. What that means is that God is spirit. You are spirit. You came from God, and now you're occupying an earth suit, a, 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 a body of dust. So in you is your spirit. Your soul is the medium between the spirit and the natural. This is so important. Nothing can come from the spirit to the natural without going through the soul. This is so important because this is where the battle is. This is where everything is happening it is in your soul. If it's coming down from God, it's coming through your soul. If it's coming from you up to God, it's going through your soul. So your spirit is perfect. Your faith is perfect. But your soul was brought up on the earth and is being transformed to know God, to agree with God, to cooperate with God, to believe God, to love God, and to see the beauty of God so that he can be in agreement with God. That's the transformation process that we're going to, going through, I should say. So it's important we, we understand the function of the spirit, the soul, and the body. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So when we were created, our spirit was, was ruling. Then our soul served our spirit. And then our body served our soul. Things had an order. It was 
Body served the soul, so served the spirit. When man fell, all the order came down because when man partook of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, self rose up and get, became alive. Once, once they disobeyed God and they, they, they rebelled against God, the spirit of God left and the soul became the king. The soul became the ruler of the man. So this is so, so, so important because everything that you've ever known, everything that you've ever learned, any experience you've ever had has come through your soul. And so your soul is making a, a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a determination. You've got experiences. You've got expectations. And what do you do? You follow the soul. Your will says, oh, I know how to do that. I've been paid before. I know how to get that done. I know, I know what to expect. And so that's your soul operating there. So what we want to do is we're going to talk today, excuse me, we're going to talk about today about two operating systems that are working in our lives. And, and, and the question is, which operating system are we working from? Where are we coming from? You know, if you had one computer and you try to put two operating systems in that computer, you got chaos. Is that right? The only way for it to work is to, to say, I will take this one, and I do not want that one, and i got to get it out. I can't let it sit there, and I can't try to work around it, and I can't try to use pieces of it over here. It doesn't work. You have an operating system in you. It's the Spirit of God, and you have your fallen old man. Well, your fallen man, your, your flesh, is the other operating system. So you have two operating systems battling against each other. This is so crucial. We have to understand this. So, excuse me, your faith can raise the dead. Your faith can heal the sick. Your faith can make a declaration and God will honor it. You are kings and priests unto God. Every word you say, both kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, are waiting for your declaration, waiting for your agreement, waiting for what you say to say, we're with you. We're with you. The minute we agree, then that's what we have. What we agree with is what we will reap. And so everything on the earth is sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. This is so big because when we, got to, when we have two kingdoms, see, we're in this kingdom because we have a body. But we're from the kingdom of God, which is superior to this kingdom. This kingdom's already defeated. We are just, we're just bringing the kingdom down here as ambassadors of God and saying, I'm setting up the kingdom. I'm setting up the kingdom. I'm creating a culture. I'm changing the atmosphere. This is what I can do because I'm a child of God. Amen? So you, in your spirit, you are perfect. You are perfect. Your faith is perfect. What we have to do is we have to learn how to walk in, in oneness with God in faith, and see great things happen. But we have that little challenge going on. Every time I want to think or do something, I got something that's challenging what I'm thinking. I want, I, want, I want to desire that or I believe in God for that, and all of a sudden something, oh, you'll never get that. Who do you think you are? This is, you know, who else in your family has ever done that? See, there's always a challenge to everything you do. It all goes back to the Garden of Eden. And God said, you have the whole garden. I've created everything, and everything is perfect. 
and everything is finished. Now, you can eat freely of everything that's here, but the one thing you cannot ever eat is the fruit from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says, the day that you do that, you will die. Now, when, he, when, he, when he's talking about death, he's talking about the spirit of God will depart from him. So, this is very, very important because in the garden was the tree that God wanted them to, to just eat, 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 eat. And that's the tree of life. The tree of life was everything that they would ever need. It was, it was supplied to them through the tree of life. If, if, if they were sorrowful, the tree would, would comfort them. Whatever their need was, the tree was the answer. Did you cut your leg on a bark? The tree's the answer. You will be healed. Eat the leaf, you're healed. Everything comes from the tree of life for Adam and Eve. So when they, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they switched kingdoms. They, they went from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of darkness. So, excuse me. <clears throat> so, you know, we have, we have some challenges that we're facing. We have two forces that work within us. Two forces. And we have to understand that and acknowledge that. You know, we have to say, yes, I do have, I do have something that's worn against me. When I try to do good, something else is working against me, trying to stop me or trying to hinder me, trying to change my path. So, we have to understand that we have, there's, let me just say this. In the Garden of Eden, there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there was a tree of life. So God presented them in the garden. Okay, yeah, thanks. Uh, God presented it to them in the garden, and they, thank you so much. And they chose, they took of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and from that point on, they knew good and they knew evil. When it talks about good, it doesn't mean good God and evil, the devil, bad. It means evil, good evil, bad evil. Just because something's good doesn't mean it's God. This is very important because you'll never know it yourself. See, you don't have the spirit of God if you're not born again to know the difference. So what are you doing? You're, you're following good wherever it goes because you think, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. Well, you're just, you're just as lost as the guy who's doing the other direction. There's no difference between the two of you because you're lost. Amen? So this is so important because we have, to, we have to get to the point where we say, yeah, I'm born again. Yes, my spirit is perfect. I'm perfect. My, my spirit man is perfect. But I've got this battle going on inside of me that I've got to resolve. Having unbelief does not mean this is, the big, this is a big misunderstanding in the body of Christ. Having unbelief does not mean that you don't have faith. That's not what it means at all. These are two exclusively different things going on here. So it means when you, have, when you say you have faith but you also have unbelief, all that's saying is that you have a choice to make. There's a battle. You have to choose. Both of them are, are trying to they're, they're warn, they're, they're appealing to your affections. They're appealing to your mind. They're appealing to your senses. You know, to choose me, choose me, choose me, choose me. Because when whatever you choose is what you sow. What you sow is what you reap. Amen? So if we understand the battle we're in, it's, it's spirit versus the flesh. It's faith versus unbelief. It's life versus death. 
It's, it's health versus sickness. It's, that's what it is all the way down the line on both sides. One kingdom versus the other kingdom. We choose the kingdom that we walk in. Amen? So, praise the Lord. <clears throat> Faith and unbelief are mutually exclusive. One will cancel out the other, but they both exist. Every decision you make in life has two trees. Every single decision. And we, we need to just come to the reality of that. I have faith and I have unbelief. There's always going to be a tree there. There's always going to be a, an unbelief element to pull you away from choosing the kingdom of light. Does that make sense? It's very real. We, got to, we just got to come to that reality because a lot of people say, no, no, no. That, either I have faith or I don't. That's not it at all. Faith and unbelief are always there. You choose. Just like you got saved, you chose. And what happened? Wow. The kingdom of God came in. The Holy Spirit now dwells in me. See how powerful your faith is? Pure faith is a powerful tool in the kingdom of God. Amen. So these two exist simultaneously. And let me say this. Just because you have unbelief doesn't mean that you're old man. You don't have an old man. When you're born again, your old man died when you got born again. It died. It went in a grave, and it's not here anymore. Now Jesus says, but you have an adversary. Oh, wait a minute. That kind of sounds like Genesis. You know, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. We, we have this exact same battle that Adam and Eve had in the garden. We can look at Adam and say, man, that guy really blew it for us, didn't he? He was, what a loser. You know, we may say something like that. But anyway, the point is, you're, you're an Adam too. See, you get born again, and what happens? The Lord says, you are born again. Your mind is the battlefield. But in you, in you is the kingdom of God. The whole kingdom is in you. So what, what happens in the battle determines what life you live. Have you ever wondered, you know, why, why can't I get my prayers answered? Or why do I always seem to hit the wall, hit the wall, hit the wall? You just need to rebuke the, the unbelief and say, Lord, help me. I, I, I need you to give me wisdom so that I only believe and not doubt. Amen? I got to hurry because I don't want to double preach my message here. So I got to move a little, a little bit further. So, you know, you have unanswered prayer. You say, Lord, I know. I know. I have I have faith. I know it. But I also know that I have unbelief. I know it's present. And we got to acknowledge that. This is so important. I, I think this is where we need, really need to separate, get the meat off the bones, and, and be real clear about this stuff. What's so great about this is that <clears throat> because you have unbelief and faith, you allow them both to be present, it'll cancel your faith. One will cancel the other. So you got to get to the point where you're, you're just saying, I resist this and I refuse to have it. Every time this is here, things aren't as I asked them to be. So therefore, i got to get rid of it. It's like getting rid of the devil out of the garden. Would you let him be in there for? Get him out. And that's what we have to do. The garden of Eden that Adam and Eve were in is our garden is the kingdom of God. So our garden is the kingdom of God. And we got to make sure that we're stewarding that garden, in our, in, our, in our spiritual walk, we got to make sure that we understand that I was made perfect. His ways are perfect. How can we not be at one? As a matter of fact, I'm in him, he's in me, we are one. But i got to believe what the word says. 
If I don't believe what the word says, then I, I remain in unbelief. Isn't that something? And here's, the, here's the great thing about it is that there are, there are two opposing kingdoms presence, presence. Excuse me. You are the third person. There are two kingdoms. You're party number three. You get to cast the winning vote. Praise the Lord. This is something to be excited about. Say, you know, you're right. You're right. I have to agree with something. I have to agree. And when I agree, the whole kingdom will shift to the left. Amen? That's why when I know that I, if I believe God for something, things are going to happen. And especially if the Lord gives you revelation, you got revelation. It's like you got one way to go, and it's right for the revelation. When you walk in that revelation, things will move because that's what God's faith does for you. That's what the grace of God is doing in our life is his power is coming and saying, now you are representing me. Let's go and see the power and the glory of God. Amen. So praise the Lord. It's three persons. It takes two to agree. It's God. It's you and the devil. As a human on the earth, you cast the winning vote. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you. Not the devil, not an angel, nobody else, but you. <clears throat> Excuse me. You get to decide which kingdom you allow it to manifest. You decide not to give the devil any more room in your life, and you decide to let the Holy Spirit come and lead you and guide you in truth. If you had all that for working on your behalf, why doubt? Let's, let's acknowledge it. It would be stupid to doubt. If it's keeping everything away from me, actually, if it's, if, it's, if it's ruining me, if it's destroying me, why do I want anything to do with it? I don't. And it can poke its head up as a lie, as, a, as anything else. You can, you can test every spirit and know which one to go with. And, and the Lord's not even saying, I'm not even leaving this up to you. I'm there to show you because you can be deceived. But you have one that walks with you and talks with you. When he feels something, you feel something. How intimate is that? It says, who knows the thought of a man except the spirit of the man? We know the thoughts and we know the feelings of God because the spirit of God is in us. He can think something and we, we get the direction. Isn't that beautiful? Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. So, um, you see, we have, to, we have to understand and we have to, we're brought up in a, in a fallen world. In this fallen world, there's something called time. And it's very important that we understand that we live in both a linear time and we live in eternal time. This is very important because as we grow up, we only know one thing. I know I'm born, I eat dinner, da -da 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 -da, and everything, and then I, eventually I die. And we, we look at everything in a linear way. But we are not of this world, we are spirit by nature. We are from another kingdom. That kingdom operates in eternity. In eternity, there's only, there's only eternity. When I'm, in, when, when I'm in eternity, the only thing that's present is now. Now. The minute I move out of now, this is now. And then this is now. There is no past. There is no future. But the blessing for us is that we live in time. You think, well, no. Time punishes me. Oh, well, that's because you haven't learned to walk in it yet. This is the good thing. It was almost like a gift to you to be able to say, Lord, you said this. I take your word and I plant it into tomorrow. I plant it into my future. I plant it into my children. I plant it into this. 
And you can take your faith and plant it into the past and get forgiveness. You can plant it into the future and be blessed. Isn't that powerful? That's what your faith can do. Without any reservation, without any holding back, that's the power of faith. Praise the Lord. And that's so big because, see, I could have had a hard upbringing. And then I get saved. And then God says, go, go over there. You can go, just go back to that day that that happened and you can forgive it. You can forgive them. You can repent and wipe it away. The power of faith will wipe away all the punishment, all the, all the past, all the hurt, all that. The power of faith can just sweep it away because he is there to hinder you. But the minute you go by the Spirit of God and neutralize it and get it out, it cannot affect you in any way, shape, or form now or evermore. Amen? Praise God. So, we originate from an eternal system. As I said, you move, the past disappears. The future is not created yet. The only time that exists is right now. If we don't understand this, then you, we can't capture and activate faith the way it was intended and meant to, to be activated in our lives. Amen? So, without this understanding, the opportunity to apply our faith to create the future never takes off, never exists, because we don't understand. Time is really your, your, your tool. It's a tool for you. So we have to look at it and say that in this process of time, that your faith in God is God's gift to you to walk above this world and to have dominion and authority over the enemy in every way, shape, or form. It's like we're able to, 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 to lift ourselves out, participate in the eternal realm, and this world is serving us. We're not serving it. Amen? It's very important to understand. You know, let's look at the book of Genesis. And when I, before I move on, let me say, this is another area where we've got to steward our faith. We've got to say, you know what? Yeah, my faith was meant to be, be an eternal tool where I can use it in the past, in the future, even though I'm in the now. If I went to heaven, it would only be now. But God says, you know what? Let me lay this out. Let me, let me share something with you. The Bible says that faith works by love. So what happens? There's only the now in the spirit, right? So everything in the past is over here. Everything in the future is over there. But when I'm in time, the Lord says, my love has covered everything from the eternal past to the eternal future. So you can step in by faith. And everything that's the past up till now, that's the mercy of God. So your past is under the mercy of God. Your future, which is now for eternity, is the grace of God. Everything, God has just poured out his power, poured out his grace for you. So the past is covered, the future is covered. All I live in is the now. Now faith is. So praise the Lord. What a, what a, what a wonderful blessing we have to have faith. Amen? It makes me want to go out and just exercise it up and get it good can't do that because it's already perfect, right? You just got to learn to develop in it. So um, let's look at the book of Genesis. In the six days, God created the earth and man. On the seventh day, it says he rested. Everything was included in creation to enable it to continue forever. The power, the way God created the, the, the heavens and the earth is he seeded everything. 
The power of life is in the seed. Once he put it there, it's there forever. Does that make sense? You don't have to do anything. He didn't, he didn't create any more dirt. He didn't create another tree. It's already there. It, the power is in the seed. So after the sixth day, God rested. This is very important. God created everything. Then he created man. Then he rested. So God rested because, not because he was tired, but because he was finished. It reminds me of the cross. It is finished. And if it's finished, if God says it's finished, it's finished. It's in more ways than you can imagine. So on the seventh day, it's all finished. Everything that needed to be there was there. It was all seated in creation for eternity complete. God sits down and he rests and he says, I'm finished, son. I'm finished, daughter. Now you're up. And now you stand up and start walking in faith with God. See, God did the work. You're carrying out the work. He did it. He finished it. And now he says, now, I'm going to give you what I call faith. And that faith will enable you to do everything that you need to do in the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. So he says, I'm done. You're up. It's like going to a baseball game. You got somebody in, what do you call it, the batter's box? And that, that guy hits, the next guy comes up. He's like, oh, it's my turn. It's our turn. This is our turn. This is our victory. He's already got the victory. We're just maintaining the victory. Amen? Praise God. Okay. So, and this is important. When we understand the past, we understand the future, is that we got to understand that neither health or sickness, neither uh, provision or poverty, neither one exists yet. Listen, neither one exists yet. This is a huge deal. We have to understand this. This is the way we were, we were created. This is the way we were made to operate. What you believe or agree with today in the now, create your tomorrow of heaven, health, provision, whatever it is in God. So what you plant today is what you're going to have tomorrow. So health, sickness, poverty, Provision, none of it exists. And both, I'm going to say this kind of backwards, both are as unlikely as the other. Neither one has the ability to step forward until you call it forward. Amen. See, I don't have to put up with poverty. Why would I put up with poverty? My, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I can look everywhere around. He owns everything. He even owns the dirt that I'm standing on. He owns everything. So, I have to understand that I plant tomorrow. He said, this is all taken care of. Tomorrow is up to you. Tomorrow is in your hands. Tomorrow is in your heart. Tomorrow is in your head. Tomorrow is in your thoughts. Tomorrow is in your desires. He said, this is the way we were made to operate. So we take these things and what do we do? We meditate on them. We meditate upon the word. And the Bible says, you, when I put my word in you, you will bear fruit of my word. You're an incubator. You are a spirit being sent from God, like God, as God, to be walking with God. And he says, declare it. Whatever you call it, it is. Amen? Woo, that gets me excited. Oh, you know, it's so, so good. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's almost the greatest news we could hear. You're in charge of your future. God will give you the grace to see his goodness in your tomorrows, in every single tomorrow. Every single tomorrow belongs to you, and to you, and to you, to all of us. Isn't that wonderful? 
You know, it's like you got to look at your deed and say, yep, you gave it to me. I have tomorrow. Tomorrow belongs to me. And walk in tomorrow. I can step into tomorrow today by faith. You know, the Lord showed me, pray about that. I pray about it. And he said, now, go there and see it be like this. And then later he made me realize, I went by faith and I dealt with that thing before I got there. And when I got there, it didn't exist. It just, it just, uncru- it just came apart and, and dropped to the ground. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. So um, we have to ask ourselves, which operating system am I using? Which one am I believing with? You're believing with one or you're going to believe with the other. So we've got to ask ourselves, am I, am I walking in pure faith or do I, am I allowing doubt to, to muddy my water, to spoil my, my blessings, to steal my inheritance? We, we've got to look at it that way because that's exactly what it, it all belongs to you. What are you going to allow the enemy to walk away with? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, go get, go get everything and bring it back. And bring my grandfather's stuff and bring my, my brother's stuff. Bring it all back. Amen? Praise the Lord. It says, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous. Amen. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we have to understand where unbelief comes from. It came from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It is alive today. It is here today. And it is a defeated foe once this earth is no longer here. As long as the earth is here, we will have this battle going on. Amen. But the good thing is we don't wait till the end to find out if Jesus won. He already won. He already finished. He said, now, I'm going to send you out there just like I was in Genesis. And I want you to overcome the devil. I want you to defeat him. I want him to see that you are able to do all things through Christ. You are able to do it. Go, speak my, speak my word. Believe me. See if I don't do great things for you. Isn't that great? Amen. Praise God. So faith and unbelief, it's these simple two things. Two different perspectives, two different kingdom sources. You are a servant of the one that you obey. You have to realize there's two kingdoms, two sources, two choices. Be careful how you choose. Choose wisely, as they say. Amen? Okay. Now, I just want to, I want to, you know, some people say, oh, yeah, I know, but that faith is kind of mysterious. The evidence of things hoped for, you know, the whole thing is like, wow. What does that mean? Things unseen. You know, we, we, we have to understand, if you created a horse, you put it in the field, you, you saw the horse right here, he's doing exactly what he was created to do. That horse is running, that horse is carrying, that horse is working. You and I walk by faith every single day, and often we don't know that we are. We do it in every little thing we do. We either operate by faith or we operate by unbelief. Um, a golfer, he walks up, tees up the ball, he gets ready to hit that ball, and what does he do? He says, okay, I need to hit it over there. It needs to go high. I need to go over the tree, come down, land, roll across. He sees it all up here before it's even happening. He plans it out in his imagination. That's the purpose of imagination. So he sees it all happen, and then what happens? He gets up by faith, and he does what he knows he's supposed to do, and then he sees, he sees the result of it. But see, on the unbelief side, it's all natural. It's all of this world. So uh, let's see. You came to church this morning. You could have gotten in there and said, okay, I'm going to pay attention everywhere I go. Or you get in there, you're just like mindless. You're just kind of like 
autopilot driving. Does that make sense? And you get here and you're like, I don't remember turning over there. I don't remember this. It was all habit. It was all just a ritual. Does that make sense? It didn't require faith. It didn't require planning. You just did it because you've done it a hundred times. And next thing you know, you're like, hey, <laughs> I don't remember the trip over here. You know, it's like you just weren't plugged in. So both of those are examples of faith. We operate that way all the time. We, we, we project a desired outcome, and then we work our way there. Either we do it by unbelief or we do it by faith, but we do it. So it's so important that we see that we do this every single day. Now, um, let me see a couple of things. Let me see where I'm at here. Okay. So we, we talked about these two opposing forces. The way these, these work, faith and unbelief, is that picture you have two two big uh, Clydesdale horses, and they're both tied to a big, that's just a log. And they're, they're tied equally, equal, and, and then someone says, go, and they both start pulling. And then the one that says, I choose that, cuts the rope of the other one, and it goes that way. What I'm trying to say is that these forces are exactly fixed. They're exactly stagnant until you make the choice. And when you choose, that's the way it goes every single time. So this is so good. It's so important to think, praise God, he put that in me. I don't have to go wish somebody would help me, try to get somebody to help me. God says, you make the decision. Saved, not saved. Healed, not healed. Those are our choices. So, but we have to understand, what is this battle that's going on in my mind, that's going on between my faith and my unbelief? If we look at the word let me think. Back to the word unbelief. It means doubt. Okay, so it means what, when you break it all the way down, it means double. Double. The word unbelief means double. Now, so through unbelief, there's another perspective that's given that tries to persuade you to agree with it. God says one thing. There's a counterfeit out there and a double trying to get you to choose it instead in everything that you do. So here's your problem. Unbelief produces double vision. Every one of us have it. I have it. You have it. But we, we, begin, we, we got to realize, hey, this is the battle that's going on. I have to resolve this battle right up here. I can choose to know two things or I can choose to know one thing. And I choose only to know one thing, and that's the will of God. Otherwise, everything else is chaos. Everything, I'm allowing it to wrestle with me. So how does unbelief get in? We know the word comes in and, and, and produces faith in us. So how does unbelief get in? Through everything that you see on the earth. Everything that, everything that comes through your senses, unbelief is pumping in. That's where it comes from. Now, this is powerful because everything that comes into the body goes to the soul. So all this unbelief is storing up in your soul. And you got to say, nope, because I'm not giving the devil any room in me for his lies or his, 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 his nonsense. You don't have to have it. But see, when someone has, has, is having spiritual troubles or, or they, they've fallen into, let's say they're demon-possessed. They're demon-possessed because the devil got in through the soul. He came in through the body to the soul, and that's where he's got a stronghold. That's why that's where you got to get it out. We can't allow unbelief to exist. There is no room for the devil in us. Amen? So 
we got to realize, unbelief is producing double vision. And the Lord says in James, he says, ask without doubting. Ask without a double mind. If you doubt, you're unstable in all your ways. Isn't that something? So see, God's addressing this faith and this unbelief issue from the get-go. He's saying, if you, if you doubt, you're unstable. You cannot even operate in the kingdom of God. It, it, it'll, it'll default you out of the kingdom of God and into the kingdom of darkness. We must understand this. We must understand that God gave you the ability to steward your faith. Only believe, he says. Only believe. Don't doubt. Only believe. You are able to manage and develop your faith. The Bible says if your eye is single, you are full of light. Ooh, that's good. Now we understand why. This is having to do with doubt and faith. If your mind is single, you're full of light. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You know, the worst place to be in your spiritual walk is on the fence. On the fence is the most painful, most difficult place you can be. Because all that's happening is you're getting confusion about both kingdoms. It's time to jump off the fence and say, I'm over here. I have nothing to do with over there. Until you draw that line. Remember the choice? Until you draw that line, you're bombarded with choices. You know, no, I'm married. It's done. Eternally over. Right there, it's done. It's finished. Devil doesn't have any chance to even come against me. I've made my choice. I've locked it down. I said, no way. You're not hindering me. You're not stealing from me. You're not doing nothing. Amen? So we have to control our thoughts. We have to control what comes into us. The TV, the radio, uh, just being in a mall or something. You know, you brought up about atmosphere last time we got together. You can change the atmosphere. Absolutely. You don't like the atmosphere you're in, you change it. You have the ability to do that. So not only are we, are we filtering for ourselves, but I can, I can bless you. I can be a tree of life to you. You can be a tree of life to me. See, that's the power. We, we walk in a superior kingdom. We get to invade this kingdom with that kingdom. We're not trying to get along. We're not trying to parallel the kingdom. We're here to take over the kingdom. We're here to break the devil's economy. We're here to break every, every bit of it. We, we are supposed to be reigning. Amen? Praise God. So um, let's see. I want to, I real quick, I want to get into The Bible talks about, I think it's in Mark 11, uh, the epileptic boy. And Jesus walks up and he says, uh, you know, they said, help, help. You know, we, please, if you, if you could be compassionate. And what he said, he goes, how long has this been going on? Interesting question, wasn't it? I mean, okay, why would we ask that question? Jesus asked the question because he wanted to see how ingrained they were into their habits of, of unbelief. Since he was a boy, since he was a baby, he knew, okay, yeah, this is, this is entrenched. Your unbelief is entrenched. Therefore, this time comes out only by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, what does that got to do with it? It has everything to do with it. Because when you pray and fast, you pray, you're feeding your spirit. When you fast, you're, st you're starving your old man. You're starving the carnal man. So what happens? As you fast, your soul starts to surrender to your spirit. Your soul starts giving in. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm in cooperation with you. And you start winning your soul over. And pretty soon you reject that epilepsy. 
You reject that poverty. You reject that sickness. You reject that, that no answer. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. So see, we see that there's, there's many ways that we deal with faith and unbelief. But see, even Jesus identified the unbelief. I thought that was really interesting. And then what did they say? They said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, help get it out of me. Help me get away from it. Help me cut it off. Amen? Okay, so. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, the fact is that our experiences in the natural, our experiences become our interpretation and our expectation for the future. What we do, let's say we're, we're not walking with God, we're not, we're, not, we're not seeking the Lord, we're not being led by the Spirit of God. What do we do? We, we determine everything by our experiences and by our habits. Everything. It's almost, I hate to put it this way, it's like going animalistic. What does the Bible say? If, if you return to that, you will become brutish. You will become like an animal. You become like a mere man. You're not a mere man. You're a child of God. You're redeemed at the, the highest level. So high that the Lord said, hey, sit with me. Isn't that awesome? You are sitting with Christ. God the Father, God the Son, and you. Isn't that wonderful? What a blessing. What a, that's just, it's hard to comprehend. Amen? Okay, so how do we get away from this unbelief? How do we get it out? First of all, the Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing us under the soul and spirit, dividing the soul and the spirit. So how can I tell my soul and my spirit? Read the word. As you read the word, the, the word will start separating your soul and your spirit. And pretty soon you begin to look down at your soul and say, shut up. You look over and say, you go there. I'm going to do this. I'm in charge. And so now you're not a servant to your, to your soul. Amen? How many know that the mind is a cruel ruler? Your mind will, will torment you. Your mind will, will harass you. But when the mind is serving the spirit, it is a blessing to have the mind of God. Amen? So you start, your soul starts feeding your spirit. All of a sudden, you, I love this thing. I love this soul. And your emotions are greater than they've ever been. Just like they're more pure. They are doing what they were created to do, and that's to give you great joy, great peace. It's like you, you raise to a whole other level, and you realize, man, that was pretty rough back there. But now, now I'm walking in the garden with God. Now I have peace that's unspeakable. Everything that is, everywhere I go, I'm blessed. Everything I see, I can bring order to it. I can reject, I can accept. Just like that. It just, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of your spirit. Yes, no. Keep it out. The Bible says, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. He didn't say you had to scream at him. He didn't say, no, I resist that. And he doesn't have a chance. You resist it by law. It's legal. He has to run. Amen. Isn't that great? It's just, it's just, just, just your chooser. But see, if your will and your mind and your emotions are not working with you, then they're working against you. See, the against is the unbelief. But we walk by faith, and then we realize the whole earth was made for me to walk in and for me to be blessed. Those clouds are for me. That bridge going up is for me. The trees, they're for me. They're here to bless me. Before, when I was unsaved and, in, and, and walking in doubt, it was a curse to me because it was all meant to bury me. I got saved, and now I'm standing in the name of Jesus. I have a, I have, I've been replaced where I was. Matter of fact, 
I hate to say it, I went higher than Adam. When I got saved, I got lifted up above where Adam was. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Now I walk with Christ. No, I don't walk with him. He walks with me. He's in me. We can't be separated. You know, that's why I'm able to get up here because he, he's up here with me, <laughs> thankfully. And uh, so, but I want to say something here real quick. We talk about the, 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 the mind is where the battlefield is. If you have any thoughts of condemnation, any thoughts of guilt, any thoughts of shame, then you know that came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That, those are, are fruit from the wrong tree. That means that your, your thinking is wrong. You need to dump that thing and you need to resist that thinking and say, I'll never think it again, never ever. You will not show up at my door again. And that's how we, 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 we control those thoughts. We say, I'm only going to eat of Jesus. Matter of fact, when God brought him into the garden, he says, what? Eat. Eat what? Feed on Christ. Only Christ. Don't feed on anything outside of Christ. Isn't that powerful? That is so good. That's what everything is about. What are you feeding on? God cares about the source of what gets into you. Isn't that beautiful? The source. And the thing, he cares to, that, that, we, that we, we're blessed and that we, we don't have any hindrances. The enemy's defeated. We don't have to put up with any little aspect of it. You get his toenail out of my life. Get it out. I don't have to put up with any of it. Amen? Amen. So <clears throat> I want to share a couple of interesting points about faith that, in the Bible, we see what's called the principle of two. And why is this important? Because it just reflects back on what we're talking about, faith and doubt. The principle of two. There are two trees. Even today, every choice decision we have requires two trees. It's no longer a surprise. We know faith and doubt are there. Amen? Jacob and Esau, the elder shall serve the younger. So in the Bible, we see that, that God says, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. And we said, what was that all about? Like, gee, God, that was kind of rough. What he's trying to show you is that I reject the flesh, I love the spirit. And when we see those, those, those twos happening in the Bible, that's what it's all about. It had nothing to do with the person. It has to do with the source of the person. Another example is Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael, Isaac was a, was, was a child of the promise, a, a a result of the promise of God. Ishmael was a work of the flesh. Amen? Does that make sense? So you see, even God is separating, saying, doubt and unbelief, spirit. They're two separate things, and we have to learn to walk in that same way. You know, we've been created for this. You were created to go into the garden, subdue all enemies, and walk this way, discerning what is of God and what's not of God. So, uh, we see here also that the, nat the natural birth being born again. Those are another couple of examples. Faith and unbelief. Where two or more agree is another one. Two or more agree. We have the majority. Amen. If we come together and agree, we have unity. We have the power of unity over the enemy and over the kingdom of darkness. So let me, let me conclude this. It's so beautiful. The Lord just... All the way through scripture, we find so many wonderful things that God does. But in the Bible, it says that Jesus was the last Adam. He was the last Adam. By death, burial, and resurrection, he became a life-giving spirit. Now, when it came to um, Adam, he was, a, he was a 
a life-giving soul. All he can do is pass the seed on to the next child, grandchild, and so forth. Jesus is a life-giving spirit. Amen? So, the, um, sorry, I lost myself. Okay. Yeah, okay. As, as a life-giving spirit, the Bible says that Jesus, and he was this in the Garden of Eden the whole time while he wasn't being fed from, not one time was it, does it say that Adam and Eve fed from the tree of life. But Jesus, as a life-giving spirit, became your tree of life. Isn't that awesome? He came down as a man, defeated the devil, buried, rose again, and now he's a life-giving spirit. That's why we have the spirit of God dwelling in us. Amen? So he is our tree of life. Who are we going to feed on? Doubt? The knowledge of, of good and evil? No way. Because that's already caused, look around, that's what's caused all these problems. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil has caused all this wickedness. So you and I, we say, look, I will only eat of the tree of life. I never have to eat of that other tree, ever. Think about that. You know, let that be a challenge. You never have to go and feed from the enemy. Not one time, ever, ever, ever. And why would you? It's a, it's a, it's a sub-superior kingdom. Amen? And he comes to kill, still destroy. Oh, I don't think that's what we're into, is it? No, right? So it's so great because Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also where I am. See, Jesus came, died, rose again. He says, I have to go away. Why? Because he came and did these things so that you could be in the Father, the Father in you, and you all, we all be one. Amen? This is what he's talking about. In that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. We're all one. So he's already prepared and accomplished the place that we're to dwell. And that's the Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? Woo! Praise the Lord. That's the tree of life. And, and you know, if you're doubting what, what you should do, just Go to the Spirit of God. Go to the Word of God and be fed and rise up and walk. Because that's what the Lord enables you to do when you go to Him. Amen? Amen. Okay. And uh, let's see. He says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you, will, you may be also. He lives in us. We live in Him. We, are, we now have a place in the Father prepared by Jesus. Where He is in the Father so are we. It makes you wonder, what have I not learned? What have I not experienced in my walk with God, in my walk in the Spirit? What, what have I not? I mean, I, I just see it like a grain of sand on the ocean floor, what I've experienced. But look what all the Lord has for me. I can't even wrap my mind around it. But wow, that's where I am. The kingdom is in me. That's like taking something massive and Rolling it up and putting it in the seed and say, poof, there it is. It's in you. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Praise God. So, he is the tree of life. Eat, drink of him, and abide in him. Today, we feast on God. And we fast from the world. Amen. We walk with the Holy Spirit. Then you will see the killing power of Jesus over 
things in your life. When you give yourself to Jesus and you feed on him and you, you cut the world off, then what happens? He comes in and starts cutting things out, taking the dead stuff out, taking the things that should have never been planted there, but you were born here and they're in there. So he goes in there like a deep well and he goes down into the well. And you think, yeah, it's a 12-foot well. No, it's 12,000 feet and you just don't know it. And he can go to the depths of the depths of the depths and pull that moss off that rock and throw it out. That's how good he is. He'll search your soul. He'll find the things that are causing you pain. Find the things that are, that are keeping you in poverty. Identifying thoughts that are hindering you. Amen? He's the life-giving spirit, and that's what he's come to do. He said, but you and I will walk in this together. We will have victory over this thing. And you know what it says in the end? It says that the church is the reward of Jesus. Wow. I'm the reward of Jesus. What a blessing. I'm going to do this thing right. I want the whole thing right. You know, I just want to be a part of it. So I want to I share something with you because some of you might be saying, yeah, okay, Brother Ken, that's good. Yeah. You know, you don't know what I go through and you don't know the toughness of it. But I want to share something with you. you know, I shared with you all that I've, I went through two brain surgeries. And... Um, the Lord took me back, and he, he was reminding me. I, there's no way, I, as I read this thing, as I went through this process of preparing this sermon, I said, there's no way I can't share this with you. But when I had surgery, they told me, they said, look, and it, it just lined up with Scripture so well. He says, we're going to take out what's causing those surgeries. It was, a, it was a, I'm sorry, the seizures. It was a skull fracture. So they had to take out like three golf balls worth of brain out of my head. My entire scalp was pulled back. They went in and did their stuff. But they told me, they said, look, your mind is used to having seizures. He says, you have got to st just don't think thoughts the way you think. You, you can't continue thinking the way you thought because even though you may be thinking good, you can't go down those familiar paths. So when you come out of surgery, we're going to remind you because you may not remember but we want you to understand that when you leave here, you have to develop new thoughts. you got to walk out of here and say, I can't step in those steps. If I see I was there before, I will not go there again. Because I, there's no way I'm going back to that. You know, God was so gracious. I mean, miracles are happening to get me to that point. And, you know, I thought, you know, but God, that takes a lot of energy, a lot of, believe me, I had no energy. I had no strength. I couldn't be weaker. That was my strength. I was nothing. God just said, it's like it's almost like he it's like he took the animals to Adam and said, What do you call this? It's like he in, it's like in the spirit, my mind's spirit, he's like he brought things to me, he says, Let's think differently. Let's do this different. Don't do that again because that was there in the past. We're not gonna do it. Even if we have to create brand new paths, we're gonna do it. So it's like I had to start all over again and think it just just be able to develop. But you want to know how good God is? Well, I still had stitches in my head. I was out two weeks later building an apartment complex and had like seven crews running around because that's how good God is. And I, I, I refused to think an old thought. You know, since that time, you know, even the thought will come out and say, I am not thinking that. I'm just rebuking it, and it goes away. And see, it gets to the point where it's a, it's a fine-tuned machine. When you say, go, he has to go. 
That's why you don't play, you know, you don't play footsies with it. You just say, I will or I won't. Boom. And shut the door. Does that make sense? I think I'm speaking y'all's language, aren't I? <laughs> uh, so I share that to say that Jesus is our tree of life. Anything you need, he is. That's why in the Old Testament, he was, he was Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah, he's your healer, your provider, everything you need, he is. He's your shield, he's your buckler. So we were created by God in his image to rule and reign with him in three realms. Ephesians 1, 3 says, thanks be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Every, when, when, when God says every, he means every. He's not fooling, he's not lying, it's every. There's not one blessing withheld. All spiritual blessings, everything you need here you have, everything you need there you have, all the victory you need over the devil, you got. It's all been given to you. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. So, as I was, I was doing this, the Lord said, hey, you've got, you've got power in faith. You've got power in working miracles. You've got power in unity. You have power in repentance. You have power in atmospheres. You have power in tongues and righteousness and decrees. You have power in favor. You have forgiveness power. And you have the power to make wealth, to create wealth. Amen? See, God is doing all these things in us. Woo! Just line two of those up, and I'm, I'm busy, busy. You know, praise the Lord. You are all of these things, and your spirit is perfect, and your faith is perfect. Praise the Lord. Whew. Okay. I want to say one more thing is that when it comes to the tree of knowledge and good and evil and the tree of life, we're not after knowledge. Knowledge is not what we're after, because that's what the tree of knowledge is trying to get you to do, is to seek after knowledge. Like, if you know this, you, you'd be better. You know, no, that's a lie, because what it is, it's evil trying to pull you away from, from the knowledge of God. We are only after the knowledge of God. Amen? That's why when you get born again, the word of God is your milk. Then it becomes your meat. And the Bible says, I walk by revelation knowledge. You develop a relationship with God, and then in time, what begins to happen? What you know is spoken to you. What you need to know is spoken to you. Where to go is spoken to you. Pretty soon, you're walking in revelation knowledge. That's where we were created to be. Walk with God, one with God, believing with God, feeling with God, being victorious with God. It's all in us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, one scripture, and we'll be done, and we're going to go eat some brisket. Um, James 4, 7 through 8. And this, uh, this applies so perfectly. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God, the tree of life. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, the tree of life, and he will draw near to you. That means one little step, he takes three steps. You know, everything you do. He's overcompensating for it. Amen? Okay. So it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. This is where it's just glorious. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, what is being double-minded? It's faith and unbelief working against each other. But you can get to the point where you, unbelief doesn't even, doesn't even change. You'll always be challenged. But you throw that down. You throw it down. You have the authority. 
Remember, everything has to come through you. Why? Because you were given the authority. The devil has no power except the power you give him. He has no authority but the authority you give him. In other words, the power comes through the authority. When you say, ah, I don't care, case sirrah, sirrah, what would you do? You empower the devil. That was your territory. Why would you give it up? We won't give it up. Now we're going to say, yes, everything is mine. And anything I lost, I want to go get sevenfold. we got to say, hey, what's going on in the spirit is way more than we think. The Bible says that, that we are of an ever-increasing kingdom. Woo. Do you think you can, you can be a part of an ever-increasing kingdom and not be growing in your faith, not be developing your faith, not stewarding your faith? No. To keep up with the kingdom, we got to be growing in our spirit. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's stand. I hope that wasn't too long for you. Ah, praise the Lord. So, you know, what a blessing. You know, sometimes people say, ah, they, I, can, I can hear condemnation because they think, what is unbelief doing there? Why do I have that? There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the word. And there's nothing wrong with God. Amen? It was designed this way. Praise the Lord. Let's throw all that condemnation out. Let's throw all that baggage out. And let's start living in the power. We, we were created warriors. Amen? Woo, praise God. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful, Lord. We thank you that we walk above trouble. We walk above the things of this world. Lord, we thank you that we can call upon your name and that you are, you are mighty to deliver us. Lord, we thank you that we can step by faith towards you and you take a mile step towards us. Father, we thank you that we are your dwelling place. Your thoughts are our thoughts. Your heart is our heart. Help us to submit our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, that they would be as you please, that they would honor you, that we, they would draw us closer together to you, that we would get all the unbelief out, and that your spirit would do a mighty work in all of our lives. And, Lord, just rid us of these things. And, Lord, replace them with the word of God, with the spirit of God. Where there was death, now there's life. Where there was hindrances, now there's liberty. We receive it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the spirit that dwells in us. And we thank you where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise God.